Hello. All right. Yeah. How are you? You're right, Henry. Yeah. Welcome everyone to Consumer Crusader, episode six. Oh. Great start. <laughs> I am out of Great practice. Start. I am out of practice. I've, <laughs> I've already um, set fire to your anonymity. It's fine. I'll just um, I'll put some animal noises over that. Perfect. Um, what a terrible start. Yeah. Sorry. A bit bit rusty. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Before we get cracking. Consumer Crusader, why are we doing this podcast? Crikey, that is... Let's, let's just reintroduce it, I think, for people that are, are new to episode six. So why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? We are, we're doing this to bring a bit of kind of legal nouse and negotiation nouse to the general... Nouse? Nouse. You know, um, I've got an English degree, and I'm not sure what that word means. So I, uh, I'm now going to go away and double-check that it is... <laughs> Perfectly a bona fide word, but but now is essentially um, uh, savoir faire. It's uh, it's um, the the knowledge uh, and uh, understanding of its practical implication. So now is is basically like it's knowledge, but also understanding when to when and how to deploy that knowledge. Love that. And the idea is to kind of uh, enter an already crowded field of consumer rights with something a bit different, which is a bit more the practical reality of kind of talking and haggling, a bit of kind of what your rights are, but also how to apply them. So a combination of kind of law and negotiation and, you know, a set of skills around how to kind of couch an argument to to get what it is that you're after. Just recognising that there's lots of companies out there that do silly things. There's lots of kind of our day-to-day lives that where we have challenges with companies, with businesses, and you know, it's to kind of equip people with some tools and techniques for dealing with that stuff, and and you know, not letting the companies get away with it. I suppose if you're a Best Buy on your bank account, then there are other excellent websites available. Um, we're not in that field. It's more, you know, when you have uh, bought a fridge freezer and there are dents in it, what do you do about it? And what are your rights and what's the best way to go about sorting it out, if, especially if the company that you bought it from are playing silly burgers? And then if any listeners do want to you know, know what to do if they get a dent in their fridge and they've got a tricky fridge conglomerate, episode one, I think, was, was where we kicked off with that. Yeah, we've literally sorted that out for you. So so what do we do in this podcast then? What are the, um, what the sections? What, what, what do we do each week? Each week? Each week, that's a joke. I feel like this is... Um... Less of a reintroduction, more of an exam on, uh, on on what do I know about this. So what we normally do is we have a bit of a role play, which is really good fun, which is, it's varied a bit, but essentially we have John. Uh, and John uh, is a uh, customer service representative in uh, a business of some kind. And Henry, often your job, and we've had some guests as ours as well, but often your job is to try and get something out of John because something's gone wrong. And uh, you have a go, give it a go, uh, apply the tools and techniques that we've discussed and learned. And then we see how far you get. And when we have a bit of a discussion about it afterwards and a bit of a kind of uh, debrief and a kind of how did that feel and a yeah, we, we try and make it actionable, I think is the key word. So putting a lot of the, showing listeners how to put a lot of the things you're saying into practice. Yeah, and John, yeah, let's be fair, John's pretty pretty bad at times. I mean, John's not a nice guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, John's got a lot going on, but, but, you know, John isn't necessarily um, what you'd expect. But, you know, we all have stories and have heard stories of where things have gone there badly are plenty, wrong. So. There are plenty of Johns out there. Well, and quite. I've dealt with some in the last month, which we can, we can talk about. Yeah. So we've got that, and we've got our case study. Yeah, case study is where often you let me wax lyrical on something of interest to me. Normally, it would be an example of something that I've I've seen or done, but 
but uh, we'll just uh, talk through a kind of case study of uh, of how to go about, you know, um, a particular case of consumer rights. Um, hopefully somewhat relevant to general subject matter of a podcast, but sometimes it's pretty random. And um, and it's just a bit of an opportunity to sort of talk and ask some questions and have a bit of a, a more in-depth discussion about, um, you know, some consumer rights stuff. It's a chance for you to show off. I mean, that that as well. That as well. Um, <laughs> And then we also have a uh, usually have a question, um, a listener's question. So um, a listener that's uh, unbeknownst to us uh, has, uh, you know, regularly filled your mailbag with requests and thoughts, and we pick out one that's most relevant to the subject of the podcast, and uh, and we talk it through. So you know, we get a listener's question and we we answer it as best we can. That as well. Great. Will you be pleased to know we've got we've got a question today? So I think we'll kick off with that. But uh, first, I think it's been has it been a month? Yeah, it's been a fair while, hasn't it? Yeah. So apologies for taking so long to get my um, asking to give this episode. I think life basically just happened. So, um, but we're off and away. I'm looking forward to getting stuck in. Uh, what, have you, what have you been up to? Any powers of wisdom to share since we last chat chatted? Yeah, it's been a it's been a few things going on. Uh, in particular, I have uh, recently got. I hope you can tell uh, some new uh, fibre broadband internet. So uh, it was quite a while. I first applied for it back in December. Uh, and when they first told me that it would be four months, uh, I laughed about it and said, of course, they must be joking. I, I thought they, they generally were. Four the, months? Um, Why was it four, four months? months to install it. Right, okay. Just, uh, there, there was some, um, they're called civils, but basically they just had to do a small bit of big digging up my driveway in order to connect a cable to another cable. But uh, I, yeah, I won't go into detail, but to cut a long story short, I, I found it quite funny that they uh, were going to be four months. So did the customer service representative I spoke to, but lo and behold, <laughs> it generally was four and a half to five months. But uh, after some discussion with the nice people at Vodafone, they had they did pay me a good couple of hundred pounds of compensation uh, to apologise for how delayed the installation was, which is tantamount to almost a year's uh, free fiber internet so i'm not complaining did they offer that um off the bat or did you push for that no i pushed for a bit i mean basically i just pointed out that what they were doing was a bit silly i mean i, I mean I, it was beyond the wildest dreams of what i thought i'd actually get i just thought i'd get you know a, a couple of months free or a or a notional payment or something it was far beyond what i expected but um i think it's been worked out um on on kind of industry standard compensation scheme for for the length of time it takes so uh so that's quite good um and otherwise parking ah oh, parking a uh, couple of parking tickets. Uh, my lovely wife again. Uh, another parking ticket. Uh, this time for a, a retail park. To retrack, you had one. You got a parking ticket, and you used the breastfeeding buffer. Yes, correct. To yeah. I think after your second appeal, you got. Did you appeal to? Yeah. Who did you appeal? So to? Appe- appealed it first time to the uh, to the issuer, and the issuer said, uh, "No, we're not having that." And then appealed it again through um, uh, through the uh, formal kind of um, parking authority. So the breast we should just explain the breastfeeding buffer before. I don't think that's an industry recognised term. Uh, so the breastfeeding buffer was essentially the idea that for a breastfeeding mother, there should be a reasonable period of time, a grace period um, for parking. Uh, and the parking ticket was issued for a 12 minute uh, overstay, which basically you know, deemed to be a bit unreasonable when uh, the requirement was to breastfeed at that time. That's the breastfeeding buffer. Um, so I went for a different tack this time. Testicle testicle buffer? Uh, no, the reason for this overstay 
uh, was essentially um, just a protracted discussion about the design of a kitchen. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, essentially, it was just a failure on behalf of the, the shop involved. So normally what you do is you would inform the shop involved of your number plate, which we did, and they enter on a system so that it is an issue with the ticket. But, of course, they just failed to do that. So we got in touch with the person who had talked to us about our kitchen, said you didn't put our number plate in, and they apologised and did that. So essentially, you just picked it up with the uh, with the um, the shop involved. Uh, so not actually the parking company, but the shop involved, and they've uh, sorted out with the parking company um, that the uh, the fine doesn't apply. That was fun. And off the back of our episode, I did another parking ticket for a listener. So a listener got oh, in touch great. after the episode uh, with a parking ticket, uh, which I appealed on their behalf, and uh, appears to be successfully so. So the appeal was um, uh, was successful, and they haven't got a fine. Great. Parking tickets all over the shop. On the subject of parking tickets, I don't know if you saw it in the news. Um, there was, you know what chat GBT is? Yeah, absolutely. You yeah, see the, the girl that had used chat GBT to write uh, a newsletter. Not a newsletter, what am I talking about? A parking fine appeal letter. That's great. Which was successful. I'm... So not to do us out of a job. <laughs> I mean, AI is coming for us. AI yeah. is coming for this podcast. Yeah. Uh, talking of parking tickets, did you know that um, having declared himself uh, with diplomatic status, Martin Lewis actually has more than £460 of outstanding parking tickets from uh, the London borough of Hackney alone? There is something I did find out. Another thing I found out about Martin Lewis, I don't know if you know, but he's um, he's a very talented musician. He's actually a grade eight marimba player. <laughs> so I don't know if you go on YouTube. and What's a marimba? It's like um, sort of a keyboardy um, thing, isn't it? You hit like a gun, like a... There's terms you throw around, and I'm worried about googling them because I don't know what's going to come if up. You, if you if you go to YouTube and type in Martin Lewis Marimba Whitney Houston, I will always love you. There's actually a very very moving rendition that he does. That's so go and go and have a look. What are you? What what have you been up to? What? Yeah, there there has been one thing um, that sort of me and my wife Becky have been um, challenging, so to speak, hmm. um, and that's. We live in a flat in London, uh, and like everyone that lives in a flat, we pay service charge. Yeah. It's like for the upkeep of the, the building, so the lifts, um, the bins, etc. Yeah. Uh, when we first moved in about four years ago, we were paying about, I think it was about £200 per month service charge. And even then, we were, remember thinking, you know, that's a considerable cost yeah, over the year that we deep. had to factor in. Yeah. But it's just... It's been it's been going up every year to the point now where I think it's like three hundred and sixty odd pounds per month. So it's gone wow. up a huge amount. Yeah. Um, and the the sort of the, the main sort of contentious issue being is that the managing agent provide don't provide any transparency mm. on on why it's going up. So obviously yeah. my wife actually I probably we'll get her on actually because she's going to be better at explaining this than I. Because I think it's quite interesting. I think a lot of sort of people that we know, a lot of friends are in a similar boat. Um. Hang on, I'll just I'll just grab her. So this is Becky. Uh, Becky, please do not give away the identity of the consumer crusader. Otherwise, we will have to put a hit out on you. Noted. Hello, Becky. Congratulations on the London Marathon. Thank you very much. Bloody good effort. In a lot of pain at the moment, but it's nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, amazing. You look very well considering you've like put yourself through the most ridiculous gauntlet. So, <laughs> well and I'm not talking about being Mount Henry either. <laughs> so Becky, marathon runner. Yeah. Lawyer, professional pesterer, basically. So uh, we were just chatting about the the, the service charge. I thought you're a lot more equipped. I basically teed up a little bit, but you're the um, like I said, you're the one that's been haranguing the uh, housing agents. Shoot. Yeah. So we're obviously in in a flat that's um, we have a 
landlord, freeholder, and then a managing agent, um, both of whom seem to be very inefficient and useless. Um, the service charge has kind of steadily been rising since we moved in nearly five years ago. Um, it's now gone up by kind of well over £100 more than when we first started paying it. Um, we've also got a giant kind of balance in payment from a couple of years ago because they couldn't reconcile their accounts. So we owe them like 800 odd pounds. We've got another year of reconciliations to come. And it just kind of, it's just more and more, we're not seeing any results. There's no transparency um, and everyone is just fed up. So we've looked at different options in terms of um, kind of going to the leasehold tribunal to determine the reasonableness. Um, and also people are looking to right to manage to see whether we can kind of club together to kind of you know manage the property ourselves um but it's just yeah it's just been a pain and I think there's yeah lots of issues to do with transparency not even understanding what we're paying for no one taking accountability for costs and it's just just very difficult mm. yeah sounds it so you've got a, it sounds like you've got a bit of like a residence association together of like like leaseholders of the flats to kind of club together and challenge it a bit so that's yeah, yeah that's good I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the answer is. We, yeah, thought... I'm not expecting you to get to to give us an answer now, but I thought it'd be good to tee up a future episode where we can do, like I said, do more of a deep dive into it because obviously lots of people are in our boat and yeah. these prices are going up and there's no sort of. I mean, if they as long as they're doing it in their eyes reasonably, there's no cap on what they can charge it. No, quite. I mean, um, there is uh, there's a friend of mine who uh, was in a in a flat that's also affected by the cladding issues so they had to pay for like a 24-hour fire watch and things like that and it meant their service charges went up incredibly high um and i think they clubbed together and essentially withheld um service payments until the clarity was there so as soon as it was like actually they just withheld service payments said until you can clarify what these are and show us the accounts we can't be continuing to pay for this and um and then reasonably quickly um they got the transparency they needed because a lot of it is kind of just threatening them in the pocket so withholding a bit withholding like the service bit but explaining why but saying withholding the service bit and, and like we're agreeing to kind of pay that later to the extent it's so it's not kind of like refusing to pay but sort of withholding it until it was sorted and that led to quite a quick kind of acceleration in um transparency and so on but i mean it's a nightmare i think it's quite a common issue yeah and we have we have withheld the balancing payments due since yeah. august and it's taken them from august till now to even give us any information so i we yeah. thought that would help but it's just yeah crazy yeah ridiculous oh sorry to hear that pain in the ass if you beaver away and um like i said we'll do a future episode we can talk about it a bit more yeah and um all right, all right then okay well there we go becky starring podcast five minutes five minutes of fame thank you did it feel good yeah brilliant <laughs> Do you like um, Rat Rat's new jumper? Yeah, lovely. Lovely colour. Yeah. All right then. <laughs> Thank Thanks you very so much. Thank Thanks you. for your time. Enjoy. I'll see you in about an hour. Okay. <laughs> Au revoir. There we go. So we'll make of that what we can. Yeah. But right. I think it'd be interesting to, to, to dive into it. Because I thought. But Becky's a proper, she's a proper keyboard warrior when she gets going. Oh, no, great. Uh, all lawyers are the same, aren't they? Writing yeah. these big, long, uh, passive aggressive emails. Yeah. I'm sure you've done a few of those in your time. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's great fun. It's also very cathartic. Listeners question. Um, we haven't got a voice note this, uh, this episode, so I'm just going to read out this verbatim. Hang on. Bear with me. Are you going to affect uh, an accent? Make it make it sound like an actor? <laughs> no, no way. I'm just going to do it in my human voice. So this was on the back of the 
consumer rights discussion we had in the previous episode. So this is sort of pertaining to a B2B transaction, which oh. doesn't seem to be, I, I, I don't know you are, you are the answers here, but doesn't seem to be fall under sort of the Consumer Rights Act 2015. So basically, bought a computer. Order confirmation and dispatch confirmation shows my invoice and delivery address as my home address. The computer failed to deliver, so I asked the company to, to divert um, the computer to my place of work as I was unable to receive it at home during the week, and they happily obliged. I didn't receive any invoice for the second dispatch, just a DPD notification, and it went to my work. So there were quite a few issues with the computer, um, so I ended up asking basically for a refund. However, the company have refused, um, as they claim I do not have consumer rights, um, as it is a business-to-business -business transaction, and because it, it was delivered to my business uh, address. Please help. Fascinating. So I, I, I was not aware of this, no, so. I've not come across this. Uh, it sounds pretty bonkers, uh, to be honest, that a company can kind of just claim it's business business transaction and therefore various rights that apply. I guess the, I mean, the, the only grounds they're using is it was delivered to a, ostensibly a, yeah, a, well, exactly. uh, sorry, clearly a, a business address. Yeah, yeah, which is which isn't that relevant. I mean, I mean, to be honest, so. Um, so this is great. I mean, this is a really good question, right? So, you know, with my kind of legal hat on, what what constitutes a consumer transaction? Um, love all of that. So, so essentially, what what a consumer transaction is is any service, any product that's delivered to an individual, and it's about the purpose. So, the purpose of its use must be personal, must be um, to do with family, household. Um, and educational actually sort of falls under that so kind of personal use rather than personal address it's personal use which it kind of comes down to um and, and there are various things that kind of mark out a business transaction as opposed to a personal transaction in particular in this case i suspect something like the price so the price that will have been paid will be a retail price to consumers rather than a business price for example which normally for example excludes that things like that so so there'll be various kind of there'll be various differences in how a business would have been treated. So kind of the, the way in which it was purchased, the portal, the method through which it was purchased, the um, the price, all those kind of things will will show whether it is a consumer or business transaction. So there'll be all sorts of bits of evidence. Um, and also, I mean, just the idea that a business could just assert like, oh, we, this is a business to business transaction rather than anything else objective. I mean, that said, it's a bit of a pickle, right? So, you know, if you do have a business saying this, I can see why it's a challenge. I mean, what I'd say is... Um, is that true that, that the Consumer Rights yeah. Act just, just doesn't cover businesses? So, business, business so you're right. I mean, literally, it's called the Consumer Rights Act. So yeah. so it's it's consumers. That said, there are still a whole bunch of kind of legal protections around the sale of goods that, that apply, whether it's a business or a person, a uh, consumer. So, uh, you know, there is some truth in the fact that the same level of consumer rights don't apply. I mean, you know, there there is a lot of extra rights as a consumer than, than you get as a business. Because the idea is when you're talking about a business to business transaction, you're essentially talking about a contract. You know, what you're doing is you're contracting with one another. That said, there are still provisions in contracts and implied contracts when you sell goods. And at the same time, there are still various provisions about its um, about how good it is. So there are still constraints on the quality of goods that you can provide someone, even if it's a business. You still you can't just sell them something. Yeah, you, know, you can't sell them a frog and claim it's a mouse. If that works, um, you know, you you do have to like actually you know provide the thing that you said that you provide and various things like that. There are there are kind of basic rights that you still have in just a transaction, whether it's consumer or business. Um. So normally when a 
when it when, normally if it is a business transaction, you still have rights. And in particular, you have the right to reject the goods in order to get a refund. That's still a right that you have in a business transaction, which sounds like is what's happening in this case. Um, the, the challenge there is rejection of goods, because in theory, if he's accepted the delivery, he's accepted the goods and then he's looking to reject them later. And that can be a bit bit more difficult. The, the thing to do is kind of reject them up front. But, you know, that that ship has passed. Um, but you can also um, seek damages, essentially, f- through breach of contract, which is essentially what, what we're talking about. I mean, my, my advice is to go to go back to the company and characterize it as a consumer transaction with the kind of evidence behind it. You know, I bought it in this way. Uh, here you can see that it was clearly sent to my home address. That was the billing address of the transaction that I did. Um, you know, the price was a consumer price. I bought it through this consumer portal, whatever it might be. But essentially to go back with the evidence, you have to write to them and just say, it, it's wrong to describe it as a business transaction. Uh, and I, I suspect that would work. I think if you can kind of, you know, in, in a sort of moderately legal way, go back and say, you know, no, I dispute this characterization of my rights. So I am a consumer and here's some evidence as to why the Consumer Rights Act is engaged and you need to to kind of work with me on this. There are also the kind of usual backstops. So if it was bought on a credit card, and I don't know from, from what you read out, but if it's bought on a credit card, you've got the classic kind of freeze the free chargeback, uh, freeze the transaction, um, and the credit card company will sort it out. Um, the other way places to go is your usual things like trading standards. So, you know, complaining about the the business through that kind of method. There may even be an ombudsman type service for the, for the um, provider, depending on what business it is and, and what the characterization is. So there's all sorts of kind of methods that that sit in the background um, that you can continue to operate. But the thing to do is just challenge the idea and the assertion that it's a consumer transaction using the wider evidence of how it was purchased and where it was sent to and all those other things. Um, and, you know, try and bring in outside help if that, if that fails, either through the credit card company, trading standards, ombudsman or anything, anything like that. Okay, fantastic. Interesting one, that one. Yeah, really interesting one. Good luck. Good luck to our listener. Consumer Crusader. Role play. We haven't got Nick with us this week, so it's back to me. And I think because it's been such a while, I'm probably a bit out of practice. But um, we are going to try and do something a bit different in that uh, we're going to look at haggling, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's still negotiation, but yeah. rather than something having gone wrong in this situation, what's going to happen is I'm basically looking to kit out my flat with a brand new home entertainment system because my one's a bit in the dust. So I'm going to pop into a leading high street retailer. Yeah. And I'm going to try and basically just get a really good deal. Brilliant. Okay. And be a little bit cheeky and try and get some money off the recommended retail price. Very good. So this is something I've never done before. I've always been one of the people that I've never thought that you could sort of haggle yeah. in high street stores. Um, but you have told me that I can, and this would yeah, make a indeed. good um, role play. So let's give it a go. Let's see how it goes. Brilliant. All right. So I'm not going to do any bring, bring, bring. Yeah, we're not going to be ringing. No, I'll gonna... just sort of walk in. <laughs> so I'm walking into a Victorian folly. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'll just trundle up to the. the I'll add a look, look round. I've got. I've seen a system that I like, and I'm going to speak to um, your. There's a, a fella by the name of. He's got a big John on his name tag. He's, yeah, hovering, have it, around, have he, he's hovering around the um, the TVs and the, um, the subwoofers. Yeah. Uh, and he, yeah. Oh, this this one looks quite good. Oh, Hi. Can I? Are you interested in the uh, home entertainment deluxe? Hi. Yeah. I was, um. Yeah. I'm looking at the home entertainment deluxe. So that's what's at the uh, 42 inch. Um, plasma screen tv uh subwoofer left and right speakers 
yeah. Blue, Blu-ray player. Yeah, all of yeah, that. I mean, yeah, it looks, it looks great. So, what what is the um, what's the what's the price on that? So, uh, it's currently retailing for one thousand two hundred uh, at the moment. Wow, so, wow. £1, Yeah, which wow. is uh, that's a, that's a know, lot. From our price guarantee, it's also the it's the cheapest on the market. So, oh yeah, I was going to say I've I've um I've got my phone up here. And I was just browsing. I found one. Um, it's not in the UK, but I found one in in America um, for seven seven hundred dollars. Ah, okay. Um, so this is your American branch, uh, set yes. in the same system. Um, I was wondering why can we we be able to match that price? If no, not not from abroad. So um, so we do offer a, a price matching, you know, uh, service um, for for kind of creditors in the UK. But no, there, there are different kind of taxes and things, particularly since Brexit in the UK, um, and you know, import costs and things like that. So no, it will just reflect the kind of different trading conditions and um, and customs and things in the different countries. We don't honour uh, American prices. I mean, I don't know what the exchange rate is at the moment, but. Um, but no, okay. we wouldn't. We wouldn't be able to kind of offer it for the same. I'm afraid. That's right. Yeah, because I, I couldn't find it the same price. I couldn't find a better. I mean, it's a it's a unique system to your shop, I believe. So, um, okay. Well, the problem is, I it's, it's a balanced package deal, but I don't need the the Blu-ray player. I've already got one. So, um, I was wondering if I could, if you could, you know, I could not buy so that we don't... and still you could knock off the, the value of that. Oh, so what you mean? No, I'm afraid. So the point, the point of the pound of package deal is that you you're buying the whole bit, and like the, the discount applies to the whole lot. So I mean, if we did look at it in its constituent parts, I mean, if you add on that kind of 42 inch telly, you look at those that particular brand of um, of left and right speaker, you put those all those bits together, um, it'd be far more, including like then we throw in the Blu-ray on top. I mean, the point is like you're getting the discount for the overall package. Um, if you took the Blu-ray player out and we kind of did it as constituent parts, I mean, you're looking at well over fifteen hundred quid, I think, for the oh, right. for the set. It's so that's you know, I'd, I'd say like just take the blue player. Like if you don't want the Blu-ray, like sell it on or something. I don't know. Like if you want to make a bit of money back, but um, I'm afraid we don't we don't offer it as a kind of as a separate thing. It's kind of as a package deal. I'm afraid. So um, I bought my last system from you about. Um, Eight years ago, so it's, I've had a really good run with it. Yeah. Obviously, it's been fantastic. Really reliable. Yeah, it's been uh, great. it's been great. Yeah. Uh, basically, I just dropped a pizza on into the um, on into one of the onto the subwoofer and it exploded. So, so it's hit that. I'm just because I really want to get this, but it's that price that it's a bit meaty that price point, isn't it? Bit pepperoni. Is there is there anything you can anything you can do? Can you reckon? I know it's recommended resale price, but could you come down at all? Or? So. Yeah, so I mean, I've got I've got a bit of wriggle room to kind of see the deal um, with the um, with the product as it is. So what I can do, uh, if you're able to sort of take it away today and uh, include it today, um, we would be able to do it for one one fifty um, as a kind of as a special. So yeah, I do have a bit of wiggle room. Just if you're if you're able to sort of take it away today, today, we'll be able to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of so. Obviously, one and that's your final price, is it? Yeah, I'm afraid so. Yeah, there's there's nothing else. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, mate. These are absolutely flying off the shelves. They've been a really popular deal. Um, yeah, as you said, you've not been able to find a price to match this elsewhere. It's it is a really exceptional price. Um, and you know, completely take you know everyone's after a, a deal and you know cost of living and stuff these days. But you know, honestly, that is the best I can do. And obviously, you know, look, we're running a business too. We've got a got to make our bit on this um so yeah honestly very um are there any um 
if I take a few hands today and do that price, any sort of extras you can you can throw in, as you've been so helpful, and I'll you know be happy to recommend you to your manager. Say what a good job you've done. Oh, that's very kind. I mean, what sort of thing are you thinking? Like, um, in terms of extras, you mean like a, a DVD for the for the Blu-ray, or what, you... what about ten years uh, warranty? Because my last one lasted eight years. Yeah, and ten years. The pizza incident happened. Ten years is a bit nuts. Tell you what, we we do offer an extended warranty. I mean, you get you get a year of standard. I'll offer you the. I'll I'll, have it, I'll throw in the three year warranty for free. So we'll okay. we'll give you a full, full three year warranty for free at, at the same time. All right, John. I'll shake your hand on that. Fantastic. Thanks very much. Till's over here. Right. Well done. That was an interesting one. I just felt like, obviously, because I wasn't complaining. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? I find it much harder. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> John was a bit. John, I don't know what's happened to. He's had a complete turnaround since the no, last. No, John's all right. The... So John, John, um, John's got some close family relatives that are quite badly affected by the cost of living. So, so you know, yeah. he's really out to try and help people at the moment. Yeah. I mean, he's it's, it's changed man since the mermaid fish fiasco. <laughs> no, I mean, John, yeah, I, I, he could have been a bit more brutal. Could I have done anything else there? Because my, what I was going to do, <laughs> you beat me to the punch by saying you're the cheapest in the UK. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah. like, oh, well, I can tell you you're not the cheapest in the world. But no. I, I knew that. I, I knew I was on to a loser there. Because that's, that's the only sort of thing I had in mind. Yeah. Obviously, I asked just cheekily if you could do anything out of the price and then yeah. come to throw in some extras. But... I don't know what else I could have done there. I just felt no, like I was being very cheeky even asking for all of that. I, mean, I, wouldn't, very... I, I wouldn't even do that in real life. I'd just go up and pay the, no, the price. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really tricky. It's hard to do in the abstract, right? I mean, we don't have an actual product in front of us for us to look at, play with, have an argument over. So this is quite hard. I mean, I'm just making stuff up, right? And and so are you. So it's a bit of a challenge. What I'd say is... Um, there are there are some kind of hints and tips about how to kind of haggle effectively, but you did a pretty good job there without much. Like you say, I, I mean, I kind of swiped the, the rug from under you. You didn't have much in the way to ask for, but but even just asking the question, though, like, is this your best price? Can, have you got any wiggle room? Actually, they do, and and it's particularly around things like entertainment systems. The kind of shops, mostly shops that sell those, you kind of. Um, your curries or whatever, they, they will have some wiggle room on some of these products, especially these more expensive ones. These packages. You know, there will be some wiggle room and just asking the question, actually, yeah, you know, if you're going to take it away today and I can rack up a sale, then yeah, I am I am able to offer you a few quid off, and even if it's only a few quid. What what more could I have done, do you reckon? <clears throat> what more could you have done? I think do your research. And there's a bit of that, you know, you'd obviously looked up the American <laughs> American branch. I mean, what says it doesn't have to be perfectly like for like, but if you can point to something that's pretty similar, you know, I could make an argument that the brand's not the same, but especially if it's a similar brand, like same brand, similar product. Um, if you start to break down what it is for its constituent parts. Um, so there are really good websites these days that show you, for example, what the best price has been for a certain product. So you might find that that telly that I'm now telling you is worth 800 quid. Has it previously sold in the same store for 400 quid during a sale? You know, you can start to build up quite a lot of information about yeah. the financial, you know, the individual parts or similar products or where they've gone. You know, and it may be that this is this season's telly, but actually the same 42-inch telly from the same provider but just in different shops with a different name on it. You know, I might claim it's not the same product, but if it, in all intents and purposes it is, and there's a price differential, you can start to prey on that. So so although, it, you know, it's not the exact same product, because I think there's probably quite a lot of fruit in looking up similar products, similar brands, you know, similar 42-inch TVs um, will give you some, some kind of good pricing information that you can use. The other thing to think about is things like quality comparisons. So 
in particular, especially if you've got something in front of you and you're talking about a product, you can kind of look at it and be a bit like, you know, look, there's 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 an issue with it. I mean, part of haggling is, um, you know, we talked about the fridge, for example. But, if, you know, if there's a product that's got a bit of a defect, but it's one that you're willing to overlook, you know, the side of the fridge has got a dent in it. But actually, the way you're going to situate your fridge, no one will ever see it. You can start to kind of definitely have a discussion about things like that. So if there's any kind of particular issue with the product that you can point to. Um, but, you know, I, I think the other thing I'd say is there there are there's quite a lot of good intel online about the margin that, that stores have as well so you know you can basically find out what others have done so people will post their story you know i went into curry's i went and looked at a washing machine they gave me 25 percent off you know whatever it might be you can get a sense about what their wiggle room is and what they're able to do you can start to play in as well there's loads of information online about about how this stuff works other things to think about um timing is a really important factor so, you know, if you go first thing in the morning when they've just opened and they're waiting to see what happens, you're probably not going to get much off. They're probably not really in the market for a discussion with you on their pricing. But if it's the end of the day, end of the weekend, um, end of the quarter or a month when t- sales targets are probably due, you know, if you went um, towards the end of the week, uh, you know, it's um, sales targets for that week. What day did I go on? I don't know. I mean, you never <laughs> mentioned it. So I'd, I'd say that. Yeah, that's true. You know, you, unfortunately, you came in on a Monday morning, right, uh, the okay. first of the month. So, I wasn't so if I'd come in Friday afternoon, John's in a hurry to knock off for a Friday night down the Queen's Head. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I've definitely got to sell, and I get my commission. You know, maybe there's a bit more to it. So, I mean, that's particularly with things like cars. <clears throat> there are particular businesses that work on a commission model that's very much around um, quarterly commission and quarterly oh, targets. So, so you know, do your research around that as well. Also, for perhaps I could have been a pushed him a bit more on the the haggling because i think i just accepted his first price didn't i and yeah asked, exactly. asked for a freebie so the, the the thing you'll always hear from people is like be prepared to walk away yeah so you know that yeah, kind yeah, of sense yeah. of look you know look i've got a price in mind that i'm willing to pay for yeah it. i should have done that you know i like basically look it, it's got to be around thousand otherwise i'm just not interested and you know you do need to be prepared to walk away um if you're not able to get the price that you got in mind i mean the other thing is like be reasonable i mean I, there's no way that john's also going to turn around and give it to you for 800 quid like you do have to think about what is a reasonable price to get for this. And now you're just looking for 50 quid off the off the price, but you're happy with the 1200. Or is it that you've seen this and you think it really is worth a thousand? So, you know, that's what you're aiming for. So have a really strong sense before you go in of what your red line is and be willing to walk away if you don't get it or you get or you look for some extras to kind of get there. I mean, actually, you did quite a good thing there, which would be quite creative. You know, actually, what are the extras you can throw in? I mean, I didn't yeah. really know what I could do with this, but, you know, having a sense of like a subscription or a voucher or, you know, actually I want 20% off another purchase or I want, you know, especially if it's a future purchase, that's something that's probably quite discretionary. Uh, you know, good sort of creativity around um, what an extra could look like. We, we talked about the warranty. I'm, you know, that's something I can move on. I can give you something. You've got something for nothing there, which is, which is pretty good. Yeah. I think I would, I did all right. Um, I just felt, yeah, as always the case, I think is I could have done more. Could have so pushed what, certain elements further. Yeah. I mean, what I'd say is like, you know, you don't want to kind of, it's a difficult one. As you say, you're asking, oh, not, not demanding. You don't have this kind of, this narrative of like, they've done something wrong. But I still think what you can do is craft a narrative about why you're being reasonable and they're not. So if you can sort of t- turn around and say, look, you know, I've seen a similar thing to this in one of your competitors. Admittedly, it's not exactly the same product, but I mean, it's a good 300 quid cheaper. I'm really interested in this. I like the quality. I like the guarantees that you guys have. I bought from you before. But, you know, look, you're going to have to move on the price if I'm going to buy this. 
you know, and they sort of say no. It's like, well, you know, come on, you're a shop. Like the idea is that there's a bit of give and take here. Like you can't just tell me that you're never going to move on the price. How are you going to shift these things? I don't know. Like you've got to start talking in a way and, and have that confidence. Like rather than saying like, hold on, I'm getting something for nothing. And I feel a bit cheeky about asking. You've got to be much more kind of confident that, you know, look, I've got a price in mind. I've got, I've got the money in my pocket. I can come in today and I can give you over a thousand pounds like right now for a piece of equipment, but I'm not going to pay the full full asking price. We need to have a bit of movement, whatever it might be. Like have that confidence to kind of assert. And, you know, you're they've not done something wrong, but you can start to imply that they have if they aren't really moving. You know, how's that reasonable? How's that going to get you where you need to be? How are you going to, you know, how do you run a sustainable business if you're not going to talk on price, whatever it might be? Just kind of go have some of that kind of stuff up your street. Interesting. Team, I, I was just thinking maybe next episode, let's flip the tables. I'd love to see it. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. No, great. Yeah, That's a good idea. See you get I mean, out of me. A couple of other quick things. Um, you obviously spoke to John on the shop floor. Uh, John's probably got a bit of wiggle room, but probably his manager, oh, the sales yeah. manager. Oh, yeah. I should have done that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, there's a few things that are kind of common. To I just didn't think to do that floor. because obviously it's a completely different side to dealing with a complaint yeah. where, you know, you're looking to escalate, but you can escalate, you can escalate a negotiation too. Look, you know, look, can I speak to the manager? Can I speak to the sales manager? Can I speak to the person that's got the authority here to, to take a decision on this? Yeah. Particularly if you're not happy with how the negotiation is going. Yeah. It may be that, that John on the floor has the discretion that you need. And, you know, to be fair, like, it sounded like you were kind of, you're after a, bu- a buck or two off, but you're quite happy with the price. So, yeah, maybe that's okay. But, you know, if you genuinely did feel there was a problem, you could escalate in the same way you could if it's a complaint. You know, similarly, um, you know, it's about the narrative, right? You know, it's about crafting a narrative about why it is that they should give you something for cheaper and why it is unreasonable for them not to. And that's challenging, but it's not not impossible. Um, be willing to walk away. You know, rule one, like, you know, don't get so emotionally attached that, you know, you completely destroy your own, you know, your own argument if you're not willing to to walk away. And as soon as you start to kind of add and add and add to your price because you're not willing to let it go, then then you're doomed. You know, if you're going to go in with a low price, you know, you've got to be willing to kind of back that up or have a little bit of movement. But if you just go in and they say no, and then you start adding on to it, then when's it going to stop? Like you, you really have to be careful around. Just yeah, it's classic negotiation. But... Of my dad, right. So we, we, go, we go to this place on a holiday every year in Cornwall. And dad loves the Chinese, say like once a week. He'd go to, there's like an alleyway where there's two Chinese restaurants facing each other. And what he does is he goes into one, looks at the menu, um, makes a few inquiries, and then makes it clear that he's then going to the other one and doing the same thing. Then comes back and asks them if they can do a uh, knock some money off. And then he'll go. He keeps like playing off against each other. Brilliant, but very funny to watch. No, that's that is that's a great technique. It just reminded me. Anyway, so yeah, next time put your money where your mouth is. That's yeah, all right. And what I say is, um, always just give it a try. Like genuinely, you'll never know what you can get off. Like sometimes you can be surprised at the fact that people just. Is this something that you do? Um in regularity then yeah do it fairly often it depends on the price, price i'm making like, I just, like, in sainsbury's can you 10 percent off these uh this plenty of grapes yeah exactly if i mean if i'm sainsbury's it's pretty set but you know if i'm making a big purchase you know particularly obviously you know a car or something like that but you know if you're talking about a tv system or something i'll be expecting to negotiate a car is if you're yeah you know, booking a holiday that kind of thing there's quite a bit of movement around the price you know they, there are all sorts of kind of categories of things where i'll be giving it a go having a bit of a discussion um you know particularly if though if i perceive there's a bit of a defect or i've done my research and i find that prices are cheaper elsewhere then i'll i'll give it a good a good go and a good talking through um and there's nothing i mean these days especially um the high street retails and stuff there's nothing to stop you walking away and then just going back in later or buying it online or whatever else i mean you know you've got to have a bit of um patience you know, 
yeah a bit of patience and a bit of the ability to kind of give it a few goes and maybe if you go in and try it it doesn't work going and going in the next day trying it with someone else but but you know calibrating your your ask off the back of what you learned last time around you know there's depends you know what you're buying and how much investment you want to put into it but um but there's always an opportunity to kind of talk things through and negotiate i find yeah sorry i've just um feel a bit sick i internalized a burp rather than burping on the podcast my stomach is a bit funny um you're right yeah, yeah absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. just had a moment <laughs> consumer crusader case study right section uh number three case study what we what are you we what are we delving into today what are you um telling us what did you just sneeze no it was a it was a cough i'm afraid oh, yeah no i don't apologize well i mean i could have internalized it like you did with your, with your <laughs> yeah. burp i just thought i'd i'd go for it yeah why not it's just it, it's just it's just human effluvia isn't it well quite shoot what are we doing what are we talking about uh, so a bit inspired by my kind of Vodafone experience, I said at the start, where I've just recently swapped over my my broadband. Um, I was going to talk a bit about um, when I cancelled my broadband previously. Uh, I say my broadband, I think actually it was my my phone, but essentially a sort of telephony service with O2 back in the day. I um, Why are you telling us this story? Um, because it was quite interesting. I had a bit of a debate about when a, when Sorry, is a cancellation. Quite, cancellation. quite rude. I didn't. I just meant what what, what was what are you going to be the no, takeaways of this? I like it. You're really you're here to ask the hard questions. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the, the great podcast role. So the, the reason I'm talking about it is um, that my experience with Vodafone it reminded me of kind of like when I had trouble with telephony services in the past. In particular, what I had was a challenge like cancelling a contract. Because although I'd cancelled, um, the company I cancelled with believed I hadn't fully cancelled or hadn't cancelled according to their procedure. And so we had a bit of back and forth about what constitutes cancellation that I thought might be quite an interesting thing as a kind of example of um, of how to go about these sorts of things. So it was, uh, it was a nice people at O2 and I, um, uh, the way in which at least you used to, to change your mobile phone across was to get a Mac code, uh, MAC, a Mac code. So I can't. I got in touch with uh, nice people at O2, and I said, um, "I want to cancel. Uh, Could I please have a Mac code?" Uh, and so they provided me with it, uh, and I gave it to the new provider. And lo and behold, my telephony service was transferred to my new provider. No problem at all. Um, but in the background, the nice people at O2 kept billing me. So uh, I had a look at this and I thought it's a bit odd because you know the service is finished. Um, so I got in touch with them. They said, um, but that in getting a Mac code procedurally, what I'd done is only expressed an intention to cancel um, and that I would have to get in touch with them again to actually cancel the service. I'd only expressed an intention oh, to cancel. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But, you know, but, but honestly, this is manner from heaven to a lawyer, right? I, I absolutely love this stuff, which is, you know, actually, what 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 was the act of cancellation? What does it what constitutes cancellation? What doesn't? What's just intent? Uh, this is an absolute... You know, this gave you a legal hard-on. Yeah, exactly that, a legal hard-on. So, um, so, you know, O2 are very kind. They did say that um, because I'd rung, uh, they would accept my current phone call as cancellation and therefore stop billing me. Um, but I thought it was nonsensical. You know, I had a, you know the idea that um, not only did I have to kind of ring up to cancel, I had to then ring up afterwards to confirm cancellation or, or for that to happen. And I guess the other thing to sort of set up front is... Um, just because a company asserts something doesn't make it true. So just because O2 was saying, no, no, that that only constitutes an intention to cancel, to actually cancel. You have to follow our procedure and our procedure says that you've got to do this thing. The point is I was I, I cancelled my internet and um and you know they were there, they would nevertheless continue to bill me, and that was incorrect. 
So, you know, I quite enjoy arguing over intention and words and sentences and and all this sort of stuff. So um, I, um, you know, I, I basically decided to uh, to challenge O2's account. So what I asked them to do was to listen to the phone call I've made. So I don't know whether you're aware of this, but they, you know, mo- most um, companies will record your calls. I mean, it tells you at the start, you know, your call may record- be recorded for training and monitoring purposes. So because, you know, these things done, I wanted them to listen back to my call and they could hear what I'd said. Like, had I said I wish to express my intention to cancel or had I said I want, I am cancelling my internet or I'd like to cancel my internet or what? What was the wording I used and was that relevant? So, you know, O2 sort of felt, yeah, okay, they could do that. Um, but at the same time, um, I also remember asking them, is there anything else I need to do? And they said, no. So is there anything further you need from me to do this, to cancel this? And they said, no, we'll send you the Mac code and that's it. So I expressly asked about next steps and I've been told no. And I said, again, listen to that because that's quite important. Yeah, you need to listen back to that conversation. It's quite important that you recognize that you told me there was nothing further I could that could be done. You know, so... So there are a few sort of things I felt I'd kind of got them with. It's quite interesting because O2 basically said, okay, no worries. We'll just pay your bill and um, and then we'll issue a refunded due course if we sort of find in your favour. And of course, you don't have to agree to that either. So I said, no, what I'll do is I'll with whole payment. I won't pay the bill until you've resolved this. And if it turns out that on resolution, you've listened back and you can kind of show that I'd, I'd only expressed an intention to cancel, not actually cancelled, and that you'd, you had advised me of further steps then I could pay my bill. But but trying to get money back from a company that's already got it is much harder than than kind of than withholding. So I withheld payment instead. So they couldn't bill me and that I would um um I would pay them later. And they again they agreed to that because a, a kind of complaint was was outstanding. May not surprise you, but uh what I learned was uh I was right. <laughs> they they did listen back, I believe, but certainly they found in my favor in terms of the complaint and I, I didn't have to pay my final bill but you know there's an important thing here about kind of the meaning of words which is what a lot of this is about like when we talk about kind of legal rights and the law that's what a lot of this comes down to is kind of the meaning of the words and you know the fact that i rang up and cancelled my internet did i cancel or did i only express an intention to cancel which needed to be acted on later to make it effective and yeah this is exactly the kind of thing that most people would sort of you know, find it annoying, but would probably pay their final bill and not think much more of it. You know, for me, it's really important that, you know, they were they were casting what I said and did as something different because that's what their procedures were rather than actually what would happen in practice. And I think the thing I kind of want to get across is if you if they've done something wrong, don't just think that because it's, they have a procedure for it, that that's the right thing and that they're in the right because actually their procedure might be putting in practice the wrong thing. Their processes are necessarily right and they shouldn't pretend that it is necessarily right in ex- in every circumstance. So I think it's just kind of, you know, do you kind of feel that you can challenge the system? Yeah, it comes back to with all those episodes we did on terms and conditions, right? Just because it's there in their terms and conditions, doesn't yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you know, there there are there are written things about what they must and must not do, and um and you know you you, you need to think about how to kind of what it comes down to is narrative, right? We come time and time again, it comes down to narrative, you know what is it that I did? Did I cancel my internet or did I only express an, inter- an interest in doing so? And how can I get across the difference between those two things and explain to them why they're wrong? And a lot of it is explain to them why their position is unreasonable or why their position is is ludicrous. You know, you can't honestly believe there's a, that me ringing up to cancel my internet only constitutes a wish to do so and an intention, not an actual act of cancellation. Like, how is that remotely viable? But that's what their procedures say. And they must make, they, they must charge like the vast majority of people an extra month through this kind of loophole you know oh by the way you need to get back to be in touch with us later and 
and confirm the cancellation. You know, they, they must make an absolute fortune. And and they, you know, it's it's this kind of practice that I think is the kind of thing that I want to kind of highlight and stamp out. Yeah, the buck stops here. <laughs> Sorry, it was unnecessarily theatrical. Sorry. That's great. No, it adds a bit of, um, you know, it, it takes away from the kind of monotone of my voice, if you can, you know. No, I, lo- I love the tone of your voice. Right. Thanks for that. That was really interesting. Yeah. When is when is a cancellation not a cancellation? Or is it a cancellation? Did you do a you, did you just rehash that from a blog post you wrote some number of years ago? So I was reminded of it. But yes, <laughs> just, essentially, yeah, you, you will you will find a lot of the same content on our super website. website. Yeah. Speaking of our website, which is consumercrusader.co.uk. Correct. At last, if you have any questions, pop over to the website and um, drop us a note, and we'll be well. I say we, the consumer crusader, will be happy to uh, to answer them. Yeah, and you can probably read in one of those blog posts what we'll be discussing as our case study next time. Exactly. <laughs> Laziness. Right. That's been an episode. What we what we talked about today. We've done we had a little nice little chat about service charges. Yeah, that was very pleasant. Uh, I met your lady wife, so thanks very much for bringing her on board. Absolute pleasure. We did B two B transactions, and yeah, that was really interesting, wasn't it? What a, what a conundrum that was. We did a haggling role play. Which we're going to, you did very well. we're going to flip the tables on next next time, and yep. um, we talked about the minutiae of of language, really, um, and how. What did we talk about? You're better. You, you, use better words than I just used, please. We uh, went from talking about the meaning of the word mouse to the meaning of the word cancel. Oh, what a lovely way to end! Full circle. Right. Well, thanks everyone for listening, um, and we'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks very much. Hopefully, not as long. Thank you. Thank you so much. No. Thank you. Right, I'll report.